Welcome to Gamers Cafe, where I am open for business for all the gaming news that's going on, especially in the PC market. I'm your host, Brett Dicer, and let's get on with the gaming news. Alright, looks like Mirror Edge is having a little bit more story details brought into it. The first one was really skimp on story. It was all about the parkour and the non-shooting aspect more of the first-person genre, which is was surprising for the time because most first-person shooters were about, well, shooting. And the first-person perspective this one was was more about parkour, uh, running, freedom running, and maybe hitting some guys, but that wasn't the main purpose. You were supposed to run away from everybody. Well, it looks like it's getting a little bit more fleshed out on what's going on within the world of Mirror's Edge. And it looks like there's about... Uh, the, there's about 13 uh, corporations uh, who are kind of calling all the shots, but they're not really liking each other, and they will try to find ways to capitalize on each other as well. They'll even use couriers or off-grid people that are the runners uh, to deliver messages and stuff. Even though they're actively trying to catch them, it's not really a thing, and not everything is well in uh, the place called Glass. City of Glass, yeah, that's what it's called. It is the third largest with a population of nearly 5 million people. Uh, and it's just building a world. Hopefully this will be a more fleshed out uh, version of it, uh, but... Uh, eh. We'll find out in May. I will actually not be reviewing this one because I'll be doing Doom instead because it's the nostalgia there. I mean, I love Mirror's Edge. I love the original. I just cannot do two at a... I can't review two at a time, I figured. I try to do two at a time and I just, I just don't do a very good job because I'm trying to get through it so quickly that I just... I can't do it. However... Once I get around to it, I will be playing it because it looks like a very fun game and I do like the different perspective of just more of a running and not shooting game than Doom, which was basically all shooting and hell. Shoot, run like hell, fight like hell, whatever their thing is. Alright, looks like The Witcher 3 won the Game Developer's Choice Awards for 2016, which to me is a big surprise because it was my number one of last year. Uh, just because it it was really good. Now, the other nominees were Fallout 4, Metal Gear Solid 5, Bloodborne, and Rocket League. Which are all great games uh, as well. So, kudos to all of them actually getting nominated as well. That's actually pretty great. Uh, now, Innovation Award goes to Her Story. The other nominees were Super Mario Maker, Undertale, uh, Splatoon, and The Beginner's Guide Best Debut was Moon Studios. Ori and the Blind Forest. Best design was Rocket League, which, yeah, that is—it's an awesome game. So I mean, you can't go wrong with it. Uh, other nominees for that one were Metal Gear Solid Five, Bloodborne, Fallout Four, uh, Splatoon. Splatoon just can't really get anything, even though that's a great game as well. Uh, best handheld mobile was Her Story. Best visual art was Ori and the Blind Forest. Best narrative was Her Story. Best audio was Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Uh, best Technology, once again, The Witcher 3 won that award. Um, 
And yeah, and so top honors to her story, The Witcher 3 Rocket League and Ori the Blind Forest and uh, uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. Uh, kudos to all you. Uh, but well deserved for uh, The Witcher 3. It was a really great game and I'm happy that they actually, you know, that we're awarding uh, developers that actually, you know, care about their customers, don't really want to price gouge them with really ridiculously expensive DLC. Uh, so kudos to them. I'm still looking forward to the last DLC for The Witcher 3. Hopefully it'll come out soon and I will be reviewing that one. Because it's The Witcher 3 and I've already I played it three times. Because I liked it way too much. Anyways, if you are person that loves Heroes of the Storm, they're adding a single lane map called Lost Cavern. Yes, Blizzard said that they found that most people playing Heroes of the Storm liked uh, just playing one lane maps in their three lane map type games, which is mostly standard with all Moab games. Uh, and they found that most of them were just going conglomerating into one lane and just focusing on that. So they decided to make a very one laney uh, team oriented group fight type uh, map. Now it's not really the official map yet, it's, it'll be launching soon, it will be more in the custom maps as well, but it'll be interesting to see how the player base uh, takes this, if they like it or not. I'm pretty sure most traditionalists for the Moab series probably aren't going to like this, be like, ah, hogwash, three lanes are the best, it's where you split up your team and you have strategy that way, come on, Rawr. I don't know why, no, no, I don't talk to Moab players, they probably don't sound like that either. But that's just my Moab player uh, voice. Rah, yeah, yeah. All right. It looks like uh, a division player found a way to uh, escape Central Park and beyond. Yes, uh, there. Yes, you probably know if you played it. There are cordoned off um, places where you can't go. Well, someone found glitches, and well, was tramp tra traipsing around the. <laughs> Places you couldn't go because of glitching, uh, and then found maybe a aircraft carrier, which would be interesting. Uh, it might have been, it might be later on with the DLC, or it could just be some old content that they are that they didn't have time to put in as well. Uh, whoever knows? Uh, there's this one place where you try to figure out this little hole in the fence. There is an actual hole, it's just this little space where you can get through, you have to try for a while. To get out of it, you're going to have to use um, the mobile shield and then the mobile cover as well. Uh, to get out, it's going to take you a little while to do that as well. But if you're looking, you can traipse around through there. Uh, it looks interesting, Like, but if you go through there, the all the um, resources aren't fully in. So if you try going to the sewers, it looks like you're going to just falling through the map, there is no ladder, that type of thing. So if you're going to actually do that, then be careful. I will. There's a video of it. I will put it up in the show notes for you as well if you want to check it out for yourself. It could be interesting. All right, looks like Obsidian is coming out with a new fantasy RPG um, where you actually play the bad guy. Yes, you are not going to play the good guy. It is going to be very Pillars of Eternity-esque type game which became popular again i'm kind of very excited to actually you know play a different role than um than always the good guy and see like what type of writing goes through it 
I don't care how RPGs are made, as long as they're good, their gameplay's pretty on key and it's not so buggy and frustrating. And the writing's on key too, because for RPG, you can get away with other genres for bad writing or not very good writing. The Division, it's not very good story-wise. Uh, but for like RPGs, you really, really have to nail it and you really have to make the player feel like uh, they care about their characters, so they aren't be like, "Ah, oh, he died. Ah, who cares? I'll just find another one." Um, that's what I'm finding a lot of problems with with a lot of modern games is that the story writing isn't as good as it could be. I don't know if it's because of just hard to find good writers, lazy writing, or just not enough time to flesh out the story. But most of the time when I'm playing games that look like could have really great stories they kind of all just fold over themselves with just i can i can i know what's going to happen in the big moments i'm like oh it's going to do that like for example tomb raider's last game uh i won't there were a few plot points where I was like, oh, well, that's going to go that way. And it did. And I was like, oh, come on. You literally just, you just basically let me just, let me already know that this was going to happen because of the way you script it, how it unfolded. I was like, no, it's not going to happen this way. It was just, it was way too intense that it almost felt like they were already telling me before it was going to happen what was actually going to happen. I just, that, those, those things kind of bother me where the really intense where it it's supposed to be like really gri gripping intense and oh my gosh that happened but it turns out to be like yeah this is gonna happen and it just it's a big letdown that way even though tomb raider rise of the tomb raider got best writing from the writers guild which i actually really don't agree with uh i didn't think it was that great i actually thought it mirrored way too much of the first one for plot reasons of uh you find a lost city uh you you uh try to find this thing you're trying to find you find it and there's an undead army trying to kill you and that was literally both the games and i was like Wait, duh. so you just basically rehashed the first one i get the whole undead is kind of a cool thing to do but every time you might want to you know go away from the undead army this is my thing. Undead armies are kind of overdone in action adventure games. I think Uncharted's done it a couple times too, and that it gets old. Like I wish they would figure out a better way of doing it. Alright, speaking of Tomb Raider, um at the GDC, uh it's a gamer uh gamer developer conference, GDC, uh Tomb Raider writers talked about the hashtag board and how they try to balance it with hashtag dad levels yes they used a hashtag board to you know kind of figure out the scripting and what they were going to talk and what, what the story was going to be about and then they saw that the, that dad really wasn't in the game and so they decided to put dad in back in the moments to actually make sure that it was following um that pace that they did in the first game where she was doing this for her dad or following her dad's footsteps which was kind of cool in a way um I didn't really feel that great of a connection to the dad at all, but it was a great motivation for the character, and so I won't, I won't hark on it too much. 
but it was interesting to see that that's how they did it with uh, hashtags and that's how they are, they are building the process with different hashtags. So they said like a big dramatic moment were like five or six or maybe ten different hashtags. And so the process is going to be used in more of Crystal Dynamics uh, games. So it should be interesting if this, is actually, this process actually gets better or if it just kind of makes um, the gaming story really, really just awful. Uh, it could go both ways. I'm not really uh, persuaded by that in any way, but it is an interesting way. I actually think it's very interesting how they actually did it. It's just I don't think... To me, it didn't, it didn't really play off for Tomb Raider at all. Maybe maybe because it was it was the first try, so it could get better as it goes as it goes along. But I, it, yeah, it, I just it just the story just wasn't that good. It was good enough, but it wasn't great. I find Witcher Three had a better story, wise. Um, in a way, I felt more connected with the characters with Laura. I, I, didn't really feel as connected with her, but that's just my opinion about it. Alright, if you are the lover of Battlefield 4, uh, well, post-launch content is coming to an end, yes. Uh, in a recent blog post, one of the developers for Battlefield 4 said the legacy operation is coming to a close and there will be no more new um, CTE or community test uh, environment content coming through the pipeline. So the last map, which was a remastered version of a Battlefield 2 map, will be the last one that we actually get, which is fine because it's already been two years plus of support. So, and coming from EA, that's actually pretty big because you don't see that much support with games for that long anymore. Um, I kind of wish that they just give modding tools away for the game, especially for Battlefield 4. So. People could just keep on playing it and making new maps. Uh, maybe not make them official, but seriously, most people have already maxed out their levels anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But that would actually be a different way of doing it. Bring, saying, hey, look, we know you guys love this game. Here's some modding tools. Go have fun with it. And that, that'd be fine. You're, you're done with it. You, do, you aren't going to do anything more with it. Uh, and then you just let the players, you know, do their own thing with it. That would be a better way of doing it. I know EA doesn't like modding tools for some odd reason. It hasn't really embraced it since Battlefield 2. Uh, or maybe Dragon Age uh, Origins. Maybe that. I think that one had modding tools. I do know at least Battlefield 2 um, had it. They stopped it with Bad Company, which it was too difficult. Whatever. Um, but they really need to do this. Now, this isn't really that big of a surprise because they are making the new Battlefield 5 game, which supposedly may be a World War 2 more excuse me, World War 1 game. Um, which I'm kind of like, it could be great, it could be a massive utter failure because it's World War 1. For Battlefield, uh, they rely on this symmetry of well, vehicles men squads and maybe commanders as well so it would be interesting what they do with it they may have horses because they were still used um tanks but they were super unreliable in world war one they would break down constantly weren't very good at all um i mean you have trench warfare but that'd be kind of boring if you just sat in your trenches and just sniped each other so i am on the fence about it it could be interesting but it could be awful awful for Battlefield as well. 
Um, but I'll reserve my opinion until I actually hear more about it. We will probably hear more about it on E3 uh, in June. So that's kind of where we're going to be at it. All right, Twitch has made a new initiative called Stream First, where it integrates chat with a new wave of games. Yes, there are going to be basically uh, video chat inside games, some games. Uh, Super Fight kind of has that, where it's uh, video chats inside, so you can see the reaction in the game instead of actually doing third-party programs, which I kind of like a little bit better. And there's something called the Wastelanders, which actually uh, brings in the chat as well, so you can see what people are chatting with while you're playing the game, which is great because you don't have to have two monitors to actually, you know, monitor what people are saying and doing this as well. Um, I kind of like what they're doing with this. Uh, this is a better way of solidifying their dominance in the live streaming gaming uh, side of it. Uh, they are really popular. They've basically made YouTube uh, do their own thing to try to catch up with them because YouTube kind of missed this opportunity for really getting into this target market, which they should have done because that was a really popular thing for people to do is upload video gameplay. Um, but, hey, when a company just misses an opportunity, another one will come up and really, really work out for them. Um, so I like it. I mean, it's interesting what Twitch is actually doing because they're now getting into cooking with more of the creative side of it. So it should be interesting what this actually comes about and what, what actual third-party um, AAA developers are going to do with it as well. Um, I mean, there's just a little bit more indie. You haven't really heard of them games. So it should be interesting what... Uh, bigger companies are going to do with this because they're all looking to, you know, have better integration with Twitch and getting uh, better integration with their customers. So having an SDK or an API for their a chat initiative and so uh, developers don't have to make their own chats uh, would actually help out a lot for a lot of developers. And I actually see. All right. It looks... Uh, looks feels like Oculus Rift actually may actually be a good platform to get. It's not cheap at all, um, but Oculus Rift has launched uh, or confirmed launch titles for it, and I will just, I will put the full list in the show notes so you can actually see, but I'll only list a few of them. Um, Adrift, which I heard is interesting. Uh, Defense Grid 2, which is actually a really great tower defense game. If you don't have it, download it it's awesome it's fun uh elite dangerous uh e valkyrie founders pack um project cars kind of a good one my dad loves that uh vr tennis online if you like you know tennis uh a few other ones chronos audio arena air mech command Ooh, could be interesting adventure time woo uh but yeah uh, looks like a very interesting thing. I mean, Oculus Rift is owned by Facebook, so be prepared for uh, algorithmic feeds soon and uh, ads popping up whenever they feel like it. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, I know, I know. Um, but, I mean, it is, that's what Facebook loves to do. Um, now, the starting price for the Oculus Rift is $600. Uh, HTC uh, Vive is 8 and the PlayStation VR is three, so the PlayStation VR is the cheapest out of all of them, but uh, I've heard great things about HTC Vive, which is 
in partnership with Steam. Obviously, the Oculus Rift as well. I mean, it has uh, John Carmack, the uh, well-renowned uh, developer or programmer for ID, or used to be, I should say, for ID Software. Kind of made Doom, Wolfenstein, all those you know, all those games that you know helped make first-person shooters what they are today. Um, so. I am looking forward to see what's actually going on. I will not be buying any one of these because it's super expensive. I just don't have the capital to actually do that. Unless you, you know, help me on Patreon. Yee! It, seriously, if you really want to help me, I really, I definitely appreciate it if you uh, support me on Patreon at Digital Coffee. But that's your choice. All right, there, uh, Lawbreakers, which was. Uh, in development by uh, Gears of War creator or longtime uh, creator head, or one of the or one of the uh, studio heads of um, Epic, uh, Cliff Blazinski's new studio called Boss Key Productions. Well, it's their new game, and they are no longer making it free to play. It is now going to be a uh, a digital premium title, uh, but it will only be launched exclusively uh, on Steam. So you can only get it on Steam, which is not a bad platform to choose. Uh, and it was interesting because when they first launched, he was like, "Yeah, this is only going to be is going to be free to play, so anybody can jump in. We'll do our best not to make it a, a pay-to-win model." Then I think going forward, I think they they probably figured out that that actually really wasn't going to happen. So instead, uh, they are going to make it more of a, uh, a digital premium title so they can you know, support it, make sure it's working well, and they don't have to rely on cosmetic items or any of the other stuff. Now the specs for it for the minimum requirements is Windows 7 8.1 and Windows 10 64-bit versions only. Uh, processors in Intel Core 2 Duo E6600. Uh, memory is 4 gigs, graphics is NVIDIA 461 gig, and storage space is 12 gigs. Not that much, actually. Uh, 4 uh, recommended is Windows 7, same same operating systems. Uh, the Intel Core i7-4790, memory is 16 gigs, and graphics is NVIDIA GTX 970 and 12 gigs of storage space. Now, they did say that they were looking for partners to put on console but they have no plans of bringing it to console yet so they need to find someone to back them so they can actually do that which is completely understandable because it does take some time and capital to actually do that because of the process of going to actually put on consoles is not as cheap as doing it with a PC. PC is an open platform you can you don't really have to pay as much I mean the development cost of actually making the game is always going to be high but you don't have to pay as much to get it on there as Steam and everything else um, as you do with Microsoft and Sony because you have all the licensing deals to go through as well. Alright, looks like Star Wars uh, MMO, the uh, Old Republic Star Wars game, if you were wondering what's that, uh, is going to get a new chapter. Uh, it's being released at April 7th. Yes, the second chapter of uh, Knights of the Fall Empire will be coming out soon. So, if you are a... Oh, a paid member you can actually play as it looks interesting and uh this series is bringing back uh the old school bioware as they say where it's actually more uh focused on story over mmo type things 
what made Star Wars interesting before it came out was the full voice acting and Bioware's pedigree for story. That once people played, it wasn't as good as it could have been, and then people were begging Bioware to actually give story a well, to focus more on it, and so they decided to make this with the first chapter already out. Um, the second one's coming out on April 7th, um, so it should be interesting to see what actually um, what actually happens with all this. Uh, now, I already got it, but you're probably going to have to pay something to actually get this. Once you kind of actually do some type of payment, uh, you can actually play uh, Knights of the Fallen Empire. Uh, but, like I said, looks like to be a very good, uh, chapter or saga that they're going through. Uh, it's supposed to be about 12 chapters for this, for this game, so like I said, should be interesting to see what goes on with this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Alright, MSI is coming out with an interesting, uh, cylinder-type gaming PC called the Vortex. Yes, it looks pretty close to the cylinder like uh well not really pretty close but has the same concept design of apple's cylinder except with more of a gaming focus to it um the specs for this one is uh it's gonna be powered by a four gigahertz intel core i7 uh 6700k which is pretty beefy 64 gigs of ddr4 ram so this is not gonna be cheap at all um, uh, dual NVIDIA Geoforce GTX 980 cards and a super, uh, rad for setup for onboard storage. Yes, it's gonna be pretty beefy. Um, now, it's gonna set you back $2,200, uh, if you're looking to do this. It will be able to do VR gaming if you're looking to do that as well. It also will be able to do 4K video. So this is very future-proofing, but seriously, you could you could probably build something like this with a lot less money, or even pretty good system with a lot less money. This is actually interesting because why they're naming it the Vortex is because of MSI's cooling system of getting all the heat and pushing it up. Uh, so the Vortex cooling system is why it's named after. Um, like I said before, it's really hard to swallow that price tag, but like I said, it looks, it's the most interesting computer that's, that's come out uh, right now. And if you don't really know how to build your own computer, which actually really isn't that difficult anymore, um, this might be the way to go for you. Now, the other interesting killer thing is it's got a killer double shot X3 Pro uh, connectivity, which basically means it allows you to, well, shoot bad people with uh, baddies without the lag and be able to stream uh, on Twitch too without, you know, slowing down the system as well. So that's another thing to look for as well. Um, but beyond that, the, the biggest thing is that it takes up the, the Vortex cooling system is what it takes up air through the bottom, uh, cool air, and then it lifts up and pushes out the hot air through the top. Uh, so it should be interesting to see how well gamers actually uh, respond to this, if they're actually going to spend that much money. Oh, and the last thing is, is that it has a mobile app uh, for Android and iOS allowing you to adjust your machine's performance from your phone. Ooh. Um, so, yeah. 
the only thing that's going to really just take a lot of people out is that price, $2,200. But the reason why it's so expensive is because of the high specs and it's basically top of the line it's, it's going to give you. But like I said, it's not cheap at all. Nope. Not cheap at all. All right. Now for your gaming deals uh, for the weekend because I know you're all just really, really wanting to do that. So for Steam... We have weekend deal of Borderlands franchise up to 80% off. Uh, we, there's a weekend deal for playing uh, F1 2015 for free for this weekend. It's also $22, so it's 60% off. Off-World Trading Company is half off at $20. And the Dead Rising franchise is 70% uh, off as well. So you got, you got a lot going for you already. For that as well, uh, just pick your pick on that one. For uh, GOG, you've got uh, Day of the Tentacle is still 10% off, the remastered version, which I highly recommend. Uh, Dying Light, the following is 17% off. Uh, this is more the Hence edition, but it's still like 50 bucks, so you know, it's a little expensive. Uh, you also have Legends of Heroes. Uh, which Legend of Heroes Trials in the Sky is $10 and Legends of Heroes Trials in the Sky SC uh, Special Edition uh, is $20.09 and then you have Staff Picks for the week which are Spelunky is 3 bucks. You can't go wrong with Spelunky, fun game. Bombshell is $24-ish uh, and uh, Super Hexagon is a buck. Yes! And VVVV is a dollar twenty-four. So you got some good you got some good deals over there. And then we got Green Man Gaming as well. You've got uh, South Park's The Stick of Truth is $13. You have Anon 2005 is $35, 41% off. Pause uh, is $16.19. Bombshell is $23.44 as well. You also got uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2 is $15. Call of Duty Black Ops 3 is $40. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront is $43. Uh, Call, uh, Call of Duty Advanced Warfighter is $17. It's almost cheap as second one interesting the black death is $18 as well so you got pretty much uh, a lot to you know find if you can't find what you're looking for well next week is another week for deals this weekend I will be playing Battlefield 4 the division a little bit and Rainbow Six Siege I'll probably be playing a mixture of all those while I still write the review for the division as well what games will we be playing this weekend put in the comments below and we will you know talk gaming because that's awesome to do all right guys follow uh digital coffee at twitter at digital co 77 ee facebook digital coffee google plus digital coffee on youtube at digital coffee podcast and if you do like these podcasts please consider supporting me on patreon at digital coffee all right tomorrow will be digital coffee the weekend editions will be an extra long as always and Keep on playing. All right, guys. Have a good day.